More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, third hour of Clay and Buck on this Friday. Appreciate you all being with us. Remember, lines open 800-282-2882. We are in the uh, 28th day here of the uh, Israel-Hamas war, the Israel-Hamas conflict, which, as we know, began with a mass casualty terror attack of unspeakable, unthinkable brutality and and evil of uh, Hamas committing it against Israeli citizens, civilians, men, women, and children. And there's been a lot of talk uh, in the international community, international corridors, so to speak, about what should be done here, about what the response should be. We've been hearing about ceasefires. And some people have been pointing out, well, you know, there was a ceasefire before Hamas decided to do all this. In fact, Hamas had control of Gaza and was able to direct funds and and uh, make decisions for the people living in Gaza and, and uh, Gaza City. And they spent a lot of money, a lot of time preparing a horrific terror attack, and there should be consequences. There must be consequences as a result of it. Over here in the U.S., as Clay and I have been talking to you about this, it, things have gotten more politically complicated for the Democrat Party because what you have, on the one hand, uh, is a Democrat old guard led by Biden. You're talking old, you got to be talking Biden, uh, but others as well who are saying that effectively uh, they want Israel to be able to respond, but they want to micromanage from afar the response. Uh, here is, for example, this is a uh, cut four play. Here is Senator Dick Durbin who was saying it is time for a humanitarian pause. Play it. What happened on October 7th, the Hamas terrorism against Israel was outrageous and barbaric. No question about it, 1,400 people who lost their lives in the process. Israel has the right to defend itself, and it has the right to stop this terrorist activity by Hamas. Now let's get down to the reality of this confrontation. We know that hundreds, thousands, if you will, have been killed, innocent people, in the process. It is time for a humanitarian pause. It is time for us to count the injured and bring them forward for floating hospitals and other sources that can help them. I think this is the moment we should seize. A humanitarian pause. Clayton, what they're now talking about is multiple, multiple ceasefires over the course of this conflict uh, before Israel has really even fully begun the, the ground campaign that it will have to wage against Hamas in Gaza. And and I just, I, I feel like this shows us on the one hand, you have an enemy that has that fights with absolutely no restraint whatsoever and is it operates like a death cult. The more death and misery Hamas can create, the better. And on the other hand, you have the Israelis who, after suffering this attack, which is absolutely akin to their 9-11, the world is telling them how they can respond, how they can fight, what they can do, what the timetable is, what the schedule is, all of this stuff. And on the one hand, it shows, I think, the with... It shows the moral clarity of which side is operating here on a moral plane, or it shows, you know, that 
more clearly than ever, but also it, it there, there's this only Israel has to do this. Only Israel as a country has to abide by ever changing, you know, UN and, and international community standards as to when and how it can fight a military conflict. Yeah. And, and I think this is all transparently political now. And, and this was my concern when there was the initial demand that Israel wait a certain amount of time before they actually went into Gaza. Because I think in the immediate aftermath, when you respond to a terror attack, most people say, yeah, that makes sense. The longer you wait, the more attenuated it becomes. And the idea that you can, what, just pause? I mean, they're not going to stop shooting at Israeli soldiers. They're in Gaza right now. They're surrounding Gaza City. And you just want them to sit there like sitting ducks and just wait? Now, Israel has said, hey, if Hamas and and... I can't believe that this is still a major issue, but there are still several hundred hostages, many of them young children and babies that are being held somewhere by Hamas. We don't know. We think it's in those tunnels that they have uh, organized underneath all of these different properties all throughout Gaza. The fact that there are still American hostages and that more of the attention is not focused on the American hostages. I mean, Buck, on some level, it feels like there has been more media attention paid to images of hostages getting pulled down than there has been to the fact that there are hostages. If you think about the media coverage, it doesn't feel to me like we have gotten blanket coverage. What do we still think? There's 10 or more American hostages that are being held by Hamas. We haven't gotten the blanket coverage of the hostage situation like occurred, my understanding is, when uh, Iran took all of our hostages during Jimmy Carter's uh, administration. And so this whole idea that there should be a proportionate response and that you should wait on the response and that you should pause and that there should be a ceasefire, I think it's all transparently political. And there's a big article up from the Associated Press which ties in with a lot of what we've been saying on this week, and the headline buck is Democrats fear Biden's Israel-Hamas war stance could cost him re-election in Michigan. And listen to this opening paragraph. Democrats in Michigan have been have warned the White House that President Joe Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas conflict could cost him enough support within the Arab-American community to sway the outcome of the 2024 election in a state he almost certainly can't afford to lose in his bid for re-election. Situation has prompted the White House to discuss ways to alleviate tensions with some of the state's prominent Democrats, including several who've been vocal critics of the president about the war. And then they directly quote uh, one of the top uh, Palestinian, I think, but uh, Arab uh, people in political office in Michigan saying, the message has been relayed We've had calls with the White House. We've had calls with DNC officials. We've been clear. So I don't think it's a coincidence, Buck, that we suddenly get the Islamophobia uh, task force headed up by Kamala Harris and that there are now, they're trying to third way this. There's demands for Israel to take action against Hamas and, and basically end them. There's demands for a ceasefire. And where are Democrats now? They're in favor of a pause, which is some wishy-washy middle ground between the two. Well, that's exactly right. What you're seeing is the political calculations here are pushing what the Biden administration responses or, or interactions are with Israel up to this point, more than what is in the strategic interest of Israel and its national security, right? It, Correct. Biden and this White House are trying to say, yeah, and this has been this has been the cognitive dissonance, or this has been the uh, the friction that has existed here all along. And it is the Biden White House is saying Israel has a right to defend itself, but then says, well, but you know, we we have to make sure that they don't have many civilian casualties in Gaza, and they have to wait, and they have to open humanitarian corridors, and they have to be pauses, and they have to be all these things. And oh, by the way, we're also concerned about Islamophobia here at home too, because some somehow. Um, that's, you know, that's a, a, a big problem that no one is really actually seeing anywhere. But nonetheless, um, this is a Biden administration that realizes they don't have any good answers for this. And I, I think what you're likely to see 
is some of the far left, like some of the squad, some of the left wing members of Congress who are particularly uh, critical of and let's just be anti-Semitic. Uh, yes. that they're going to be getting louder, right? Like this problem, Clay, isn't going to go away because the the ground campaign, I mean, the Israelis are going to have to, they're going to go in there and they're going to capture or kill a lot of Hamas guys. The, yes. That hasn't even happened yet, right? There have just been some airstrikes right now, but Israel is going to be going in there in urban warfare. There will be some civilian casualties as well. That is always regrettable, but... What is, like, you know what I mean? If, if the tension right now and the c- concerns about Michigan and can Biden win and the Arab American community there are high at this stage, just wait. I mean, what is this White House going to be saying in a few weeks when, I mean, you're going to have hundreds, if not maybe even a few thousand Hamas fighters are going to get, I mean, they're going to get justice via the IDF. And also, again, on this hostage front, what in the world is going to happen here? There are over 200 of them. Initially, remember, there were threats. Hamas was saying, oh, we're going to behead them. We're going to behead them on video. They've now been captured for, what are we sitting at? Almost, I mean, coming up on a month, which is crazy to think about. I mean, those hostages were seized on October 7th, and we're now sitting here in early November. They've been underground, theoretically, in these tunnels for nearly a month, for for weeks. How does this situation resolve itself? As Israel is is circling Gaza City, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Buck, they've only un, uh, recovered one uh, hostage, a uh, a woman, I believe, who was a soldier that they got and uh, and were able to free safely. But do we feel like these 200-plus hostages, including 10 Americans, as Israel encircles Gaza City, that there's going to be a positive result there? I mean, I, I feel like the hostage aspect of this story, again, when you, you're in Miami Beach, you've talked about the fact that the posters are up. Yeah. I feel like I've read more about the posters and the posters being torn down than I have the actual hostages themselves, which well, feels in many ways like a, like a failure of the media to remember that these people are still there. It's impossible to play this game that the pro-Hamas people out, it's amazing that they even exist, but that the pro-Hamas people try to do which is, oh, wait, this is a conflict with two sides that both have grievances and both have. One side is holding little kids and threatening to kill them on television. Correct. Intentionally. The other side is trying to free them and free Americans as well, by the way. You're right. And and, and that is probably one big reason why the both sidesism of this story is not being covered, because there isn't two sides. There's one side that engaged in a profoundly evil attack, and the other side is trying to ensure that never happens again. Uh, cyber scammers have upped their game. Their random text messages so sophisticated right now. More and more people are clicking the links they provide, and once you take the bait, it's really hard to remove the hook. Uh, look, there's all sorts of things out there in online identity theft that are being successful, and that's why LifeLock exists. No one does a better job of scanning the web looking for evidence. Some scammers have gotten a hold of your information. And it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com. Use promo code CLAY for 25% off. That's promo code CLAY. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We'll take some of your calls here as we roll through this hour, 800-282-2882. We also, in the third hour, are going to talk with my friend John Rich, country music superstar. He's got a cool uh, new song he's going to be debuting as a part of the sports landscape. I think you guys will enjoy that. But as we start off the second hour here, try to be as honest with you guys on a daily basis as I can. So you can imagine this morning when I was going through the mail and I see that I have received, Buck, for the first time ever an IRS audit notice. Now, I bring this up. Because one of the first things I was told when you and I started this show in 2021 was expect that you will be, you will be audited every year when there is a Democrat in office. And I kind of just laughed it off. I was like, yeah, you know, I've never been audited before. I'm not anticipating that I will get an audit notice going forward. I mean, I'm 44. I've been filing tax returns for 25, 26 years, whatever it is at this point. And I got an audit notice this morning. I saw it on my counter. They come in the mail, for those of you who have never received one. And we now have a meeting that's going to be scheduled with an IRS agent in the future. Now, couple of things that immediately jump out to me. I, I'm not independently wealthy. So my parents never made more than $50,000 uh, a year. So it's not like I've got hundreds of millions of dollars in assets that I inherited sitting off at some offshore account that I haven't been paying taxes. Pretty much I pay taxes on what I directly earn. In fact, that's pretty much the case in general. My wife does not make a, a massive income. Everything that I pay is something that I have made in my own life. I haven't inherited some massive sum of money that's making my tax returns complicated. And so I don't think that there's any way that this is coincidental. That I've been doing talk radio for 15 years. I've been in the media, primarily sports media, for a long time, and over the last decade or so, I've started to make pretty good money. Didn't have a lot of money, you know, a decade or so ago, I started to make pretty good money. So it's not like this is the first time where I've ever turned in a tax return and had to pay a lot of taxes. And I have paid a lot of taxes. Trust me, when I write that check for the IRS, it definitely creates heartburn because I know that it's going and it's mostly, in my opinion, going to be wasted by the federal government. I think I could use it better, but I know a lot of you feel that same way. But this is, I think, just emblematic of the two tiers of justice that exist. Because as soon as I saw this audit, 
I couldn't help but think, wait a minute, Hunter Biden, the president's son, has refused to pay taxes for multiple years on millions of dollars in foreign income that he got trading on the Biden name. And he's actually even got the audacity this week to write an editorial to USA Today arguing that he's being targeted because of his politics and it's being weaponized against him and that they're taking advantage of his drug-addled state to try to make him look like a criminal. And I just sit here and I think, wow, the IRS knows what I do for a living and as soon as I enter into politics officially and start to talk about politics in a way that could be a threat to the administration in power, Joe Biden, I immediately get an IRS audit notice. Notice, But Hunter Biden cannot even file a tax return for years, can owe eventually millions of dollars in back taxes that he doesn't pay off, and nothing happens to him at all? And me, who just sits here talking on a radio show... Gets hit it's, with an IRS audit the it's very actually worse. first year that I joined the show. It's worse than you say, and and I'm sitting here, of course, and of you know, not not to make this, you know, I, I'm 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 ride or die with my buddy Clay, no matter what. So as soon as he got this, I was like, oh man, that sucks. But then within about half a second, of it, I was thinking, <laughs> you're oh, next. I'm you know, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. I, you know, just little old me. You know, leave leave me alone, IRS. Um. Clay, it's not just what you said, though. It's actually worse than that because, um, a huge part of, of all of this, of, of when, you know, when people are, uh, being harassed by the government or being, you know, investigated by the government, audited by the government is whether or not you kind of get into the, into the mix in the first place, right? Whether you get on the radar, I guess you could yeah. say. It's not like you're on the radar and it's just political and Hunter never made it to the radar. Hunter was on the radar and they looked and he clearly did not pay taxes. Correct. And they sat to run out the statute of limitations for his benefit. Correct. So this is not just like Clay gets audited, but like Hunter didn't. Oops, because they'll say that's just the luck of the draw. No, no, no. There's no luck of the draw here with regard to Hunter. Hunter, they was clearly doing. First of all, the tax evasion probably could get him a money laundering too. I mean, if they wanted to, no doubt, completely, uh, completely, you know, gone after him, thrown the book at him. But instead of that, they they basically, I mean, they protected him. Right, because if, if whoever's investigating it on the federal side, if they sit and they say, "Well, we're just going to not do anything for five years and let this expire," that's it. That's all she wrote. Now no one else can come along. It's effectively as good. It's like a de facto pardon is yeah. what they did for him on the tax charges, at least the worst, you know, the most serious of the tax charges. And um, yeah, no, there's no, there's, there's not going to be any of that in a Biden administration for you. So yeah, and he is, didn't even file. Right. I mean, I filed. I paid a ton of taxes. I'm confident in my team, but we're still going to have to spend probably several hundred thousand dollars to go through the process of sitting down with the IRS agent. To your point, Buck, the process is the punishment in many ways. Like the fact that they make you go through this is designed to create the punishment to let them know that they can do it to you. Uh, I don't think it's coincidental, like I said, that this happened. And by the way. Many of you who've been listening to Rush for a long time know that Rush was audited by the IRS all the time as well. In fact, I had, when I texted the staff and said, hey, guess what happened? They said, oh, let's go back. We'll find Rush talking about this. Here is a, uh, from the archives, Rush talking about being targeted by uh, tax enforcers as well. I've been audited every year in New York since I moved out. The last three years, 05, 06, and 07, and I just got another request for documents that is the most outrageous form of harassment. I've already proved to them 14 different ways where I have been in this country every day for the last three years. 14 different ways. They have asked for things. It's just, it's, it's, it's nothing more than pure political harassment now. 
I feel play. fortunate that I live in Tennessee, so at least, you know, like yeah. in the good state of Tennessee. But this is the federal government that is, you know, trying to put down their big foot of justice on me. And again, I'll just point out, I had a big radio show for a long time. When I was doing sports, making good living, nobody like paid attention to me at all. Suddenly I come on this show and I start saying, hey, Joe Biden's a crappy president and Joe Biden's IRS department. Boom. We get the audit well, notice. You know, with with Rush, as, as you heard there, it was actually I mean, I'm sure it was also the feds, uh, you know, the IRS, but it was New York State. Right. Which, you know, so now this hits home for me as somebody who has left New York State. And now I feel like every day I want to do the show and do a stream where people could see it like, hey, see the palm trees, folks? See the palm yeah. trees? I'm in Florida. I am not in New York. Just because um, I, New York is the most aggressive state about this and is only going to become more aggressive because people have had enough and and they recognize that uh, that you know the ser- the goods and services that they think they're paying for is not really what they're getting. That the management of particularly New York City has been de- has been uh, deplorable. Can we use that word again? I feel like they, they, you know, that word got used for other things, but has been deplorable in recent years. Um, and, and, and what you see is that in New York, instead of saying maybe we should want to bring high earners back in or we want to change the tax structure and make things more friendly for people who are trying to build wealth, what New York does is we're just going full Stasi now. You know, yeah. we're, we're just going to. We're going and to California too. Gonna... They're talking about tracking you down if you leave California and trying to make you pay California state income tax. Well, they've California's even discussed trying to do like retroactive taxes. That's what I'm saying. Like chase you for years, which is just, I mean, it, it's just insane. Look, it's it's the kind of thing that I think eventually would make its way up to the Supreme Court. It's clearly unconstitutional. But these states are desperate. You know, it was just, um, you know, our friend Carol Markowitz Clay was on her podcast, which is on the. Clay and Buck Network, which is fantastic. You should subscribe to the Clay and Buck Podcast Network just by going on the iHeart app and you'll get all these podcasts. And, and she was on that show. Uh, she was on, uh, or rather she played a clip, sorry. She played a clip of Cuomo, former Governor Cuomo, bemoaning what New York is doing, which is chasing. You don't need to lose that many high earners in yeah. New York City before you can't pay the massive state budget uh, that it currently has. And you add into that. Twelve billion dollars plus of expenses for the migrants that have uh, have arrived in New York. That you know the illegals that are all their expenses are being paid by the taxpayer, and you realize you've got you've got a real problem. So you know people. I'm just going to say this: in a free society, people should not live in constant fear of the tax authority. You know, there's something to be yeah, said. I there's agree. a problem here. In a free society. People who operate in good faith, who are trying to pay their taxes, should always feel like, all right, it's fine, I pay taxes, you know, maybe. But they don't feel that way here. And they don't feel that way here, not just in the federal level, depending on the state you're in, at the state level as well. And, and that's, there's something really, it's really wrong. Uh, there's something uh, deeply unjust about the way this functions now. And the fact that there could be political, that there is political targeting as well. Oh, it's an accident that they audited Rush like 10 years in a row in New York, please. Yeah. Or it's an ad, like, whatever you think about me, there's no way that a supervisor didn't Google, hey, what does Clay Travis do for a living before, if they didn't know already? I don't think, I, let's put it this way. I don't think the IRS agent who is doing my audit, I'm going to sit across the table from him and he's going to say, I love the show. I listen to the show every day. You are amazing. I bet he's going to be a dyed-in-the-wool Biden Democrat voter. And I don't think it's a coincidence that my name gets pulled uh, for the first time ever. Yeah. But right you're lucky, though, because you can show. be like, you, you get to do the whole, hey, man, what's your favorite What's your favorite football team? Who do you root for? <laughs> you and then you're just going to be good that. to go, you know? If it's me, know, I'd think... be like, sir, does noise bother you as well? You know, I don't have that. I think this guy probably hates me, and I think his supervisor probably hates me. But you know why? Because we're right, and they're wrong. But it's definitely designed to actually create the message, hey, we're paying attention, we will be difficult, you shouldn't have spoken out like you have spoken out. I just, I refuse to believe this is a coincidence. Tunnel the Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good, never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes who risk their lives to keep our communities and our country safe. Heroes like United States Marine Corps Captain and Pilot John Jeremy Sachs. 
Sachs sustained fatal injuries when his military aircraft crashed during training, killing him and five other service members. He's remembered as courageous, brilliant, and devoted to his career, family, and friends. Sachs is survived by his wife, Amber, who gave birth to their second daughter three months after his death. Tunnel of the Towers paid the mortgage on the family home for Amber and their two daughters. The foundations helped over a 1,000 military and first responder families navigate the worst of times by removing the burden of a mortgage payment. Our nation's heroes and their families need your help now more than ever. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Welcome back in. Clay, Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We bring in now my friend and country music superstar, John Rich. And, uh, John, we've gotten to know each other quite a bit over the last few years. Would you have ever believed that the country would get as crazy as it is right now. And we'd be talking about, you know, guys winning women's championships and war everywhere. And uh, it just feels like chaos has descended across the nation and, frankly, around the world. No, I would not have believed we would actually see it to this degree. I did, however, believe there were people that intended for these things to happen but for many years, they were pretty careful on not not allowing us to really see their intentions play out in front of our faces, you know, because once once it plays out where you can see it, there's really nowhere for them to hide. Uh, so it's pretty it's pretty uh, shocking to see what's going on. And I don't know about you, but it, it it feels like we are in a in a momentum pattern right now of more and more things, bad things coming for this country. It's a it's a very concerning time to be an American right now. John, do you get the sense it's Buck, and I appreciate you being here with us on the show. Um, do you get the sense that that creatives, so to speak, whether in you know obviously country music, but more broadly just the music industry, are are people starting to recognize that the the, the shackles they're under because of wokeness or political correctness or whatever are, are really contrary to the ethos of creativity and and really the ethos of America and freedom? Like, are you seeing it? happening more are you talking to people behind the scenes or is it still status quo for the most part well i think the artists the songwriters you know the creators uh we all know what we're looking at and yeah i mean the uh the current culture in this in this country is not conducive to free thought or wide open creativity artistic creativity it's just not the problem is most of your artists that are currently on the radio, they all have record deals. The record labels are run by, you know, giant corporations that are uh, heavily leftist, and they know that, and if I say the wrong thing, I do the wrong interview, I put out the wrong song, uh, I'm probably done. You know, I might lose my record deal, might not get played on the radio again. And so it's really hard thing to ask those artists to do it anyway because a lot of them, this is their American dream. They work their asses off to get to that point to get a record deal and be heard and be on country radio or pop radio or whatever they're on. And now they're looking at turning the whole thing upside down over freedom of speech. For me, I think it came at a good point in my career because I don't need the music industry anymore. Uh, a matter of fact, I look at it like this. If the music industry thought well of me, I would not think well of myself. It would bother me if they liked me at this point. But I do empathize with a lot of these artist guys because what are they supposed to do? Al Dean is big enough that he's able to come out and say what he wants to. You can't cancel Al Dean. There's a few of us, but not many. I'm curious when you're out and about, uh, what kind of response you get from fans? Uh, Because there's some people out there who say, as you point out, oh, man, I don't want to really rock the boat. I don't want to say exactly what, uh, what I think. You have come through on the other side, and you just say exactly what you think. I actually, in my experience, I think people are just looking for authenticity, and as long as you're being honest to yourself, they're fine with that. I'm curious if you found that in your experience with your music. Yeah, I mean, when I travel around the country, you know, we did uh, we did close to 40 big and rich shows this year. So you do meet and greets before all the shows, and you you know you meet everybody before the event. And pretty much across the board, people will come up to me and shake my hand and say, hey, thanks for saying what we would say if we had the microphone. Like, you know, John, you've got you've got the microphone, you've got a platform. You're saying 
exactly how we feel about this and thank you keep doing it and so that that makes you feel great you know giving up the music industry they they blackballed me well i blackballed them too you know i don't care to work with them either and so when that happened though a few years ago i thought well that's that's it no more award shows no more number one songs that's over with i wonder what's going to happen going down the road and i can tell you what happened man is tens of millions of americans that keep up with what i do now have my back they feel they feel like i'm one of them because i am and that we speak the same language so it's become a much bigger conversation for me out there with the fans than just the music it's it's very dimensionalized at this point and a great feeling for me to have we're speaking to country music superstar john rich and and john you know clay's in nashville so he's he's closer to to the world of, of country music, uh, you know, certainly physically, um, than, than I am as a guy who grew up in New York City. But it, it would seem to me that if there's any place where pro American values, traditional values, uh, you know, freedom, the flag, all that would be totally welcome in the, in that creative space, specifically in the music industry, it would be country music. But you get pressure, you know, if you were, if, if talking about like top 40 or some of the other genres, I would understand. To, to an outsider, to me, isn't country music like the safe space for loving America, or is there really pressure <laughs> on artists not to be able to express themselves that way? No, it's not a safe space. Listen, man, you're talking about Sony, Universal, Warner Brothers. Between those three companies, they own 80% of all the record labels. So uh, you're not dealing with some good old boy in Nashville, some good old country girl in Nashville. You're dealing with elite uh mega corporate, you know, oligarchs basically of these companies. And so that when they put the downward pressure and they tell their A&R departments, their their publicists, everybody, hey, this is how we do it. This is how we don't do it. You know, what Clay was saying earlier, that, of course, that, that kills artistic expression. You Listen, Charlie Daniels, uh, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, all of our favorites, if they were writing those songs today in this cur- current climate, you would never hear any of it. It would never be allowed to get to the public's ears. We're talking to John Rich. I know in addition to country music, you are a monster college football fan. And we did, some of people have watched this. We were on Big Noon together. I know you're a Longhorn fan uh, for all the Texas listeners out there. But your show was on College Game Day on ESPN for uh, your song was on College Game Day, which is a very popular pregame show for a long time. And then they took your version off. I'm curious why you think that happened. And a positive story here, your song is going to be on Big Noon, which is going to air on Fox Sports tomorrow. Kind of take people through the background story of how that happened, uh, both at ESPN and now at Fox. Well, so coming to your city uh, was the theme for College Game Day on ESPN for 15, 16 seasons, something like that. I mean, basically people had grown up listening to that. That was a Saturday morning tradition for a lot of people. When you hear it coming to your city, you know it's time for college football. Well, for whatever reason, ESPN decided, hey, we still want to use the song. We just don't want you guys to be the ones singing it anymore. Do you think that was, by the way, a political decision by them, or what do you attribute it to? They had somebody uh, else record the song, right? Right. I mean, it, it, it would be me speculating about that, but why else would you do it? I, maybe there's another reason. I'm sure that having a guy, especially like me, that's as outspoken as I am as a conservative, there was bound to have been somebody in the ranks of ESPN going, you know what, we don't really want to look at his face every Saturday morning. Now, I, that was never told to me. I can't prove that, but that's kind of what my that that's what my assumption is. But it is only an assumption, so I don't really know. In any case, we weren't real happy that uh, we don't get to sing our own song anymore. I mean, we weren't really happy about that. So this opportunity comes along from Fox Sports, and they said, hey, we love Big and Rich and Cowboy Troy. You guys want to do something with uh, with us? Like, well, of course we want to do something. Let's go. We love college football. So we actually took Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, which is the biggest song we've ever had. We took that music and wrote an entire special piece of music for Big Noon Kickoff. It's going to air tomorrow, man, and we are absolutely pumped uh, to have graduated to a major network like that uh, and have our voices heard again. That's awesome. It's going to be fun. It'll be on tomorrow from uh, 10 to noon Eastern all over the country. They'll be playing your new song on the Fox Sports pregame show. 
Yeah, it's rocking, dude. I'm so happy, and thank you for uh, you were instrumental, man, and kind of connecting those wires. And it's been a blast working with everybody, easy people, down to earth people. And uh, yeah, tomorrow my two sons, Cash and Colt, they're like, we're getting up extra early, man. I know it's Saturday, but we're gonna watch. We got to see you on there, man. We got to check it out. So we'll have it cranked at our house. Uh, by the way. You also played for uh, Donald Trump at his most recent fundraiser. I saw you there. You came out and played a song. For people who don't know Donald Trump, why are you such a big Trump supporter? What he what has he been like for you? Because the entire system hates him, and the entire system is corrupt. And so you are known by your enemies, and that's that's what I think, and I think that's what most Americans think. Is Donald Trump a perfect human being? No. Uh, is he the perfect role model for everybody? Absolutely not. He's a very uh, flawed individual. But the entire system despises Donald Trump. Republicans hate him. Democrats hate him. Tech hates him. The media hates him. Business hates him. The banks hate him. All the systems in our country that, that keep their boot heel on the neck of the American people hate Donald Trump. And for me, that's all I need to know, that he's the right guy. Uh, to step back forward and and try to put this thing back into check. Our country is literally catching on fire, and it's just getting started. Who's the only one holding the fire extinguisher? Who's the only one that can reverse this mess? Name somebody other than Donald Trump that you think would have a chance, at least, of reversing the destruction we see going on in this country. I personally can't name anybody else, and so that's why I support him. John Rich, country music superstar. Love you, man. See you soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. Look, if you're looking for a natural way to have more energy and stamina, you've got to try Chalk Daily Supplements, formulated for both men and women to be their absolute best and for the guys, Male Vitality Stack, which focuses on boosting testosterone. In fact, the leading ingredient in Chalk's Male Vitality Stack, proven in studies to replenish 20% of diminished testosterone levels in three months' time, that's a difference you can feel, particularly because... Men now have about 50% of the testosterone level, this is crazy, that our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers had. And if you're a lady out there listening right now, they have Chalk's Female Vitality Stack. Helps with your hormone balance, too. To learn more, find them online at Chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Chalk spelled with a Q, C-H-O-Q.com. Plus, you get 35% off any Chalk subscription for life when you use my name, Clay, in the purchase process. That's chalk.com. My name, Clay, for 35% off. Need a break from politics? A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang. A weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, 
navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Closing up the week. Appreciate all of you who've hung out and spent so much time with us. Crazily, it is almost daylight savings time or whatever the heck it's called. I'm going to tee off on that here in a moment, Buck. But it's not very far to Thanksgiving. Man, I mean, this we got an early Thanksgiving this year. And for so many of you out there, you're going to be traveling for Thanksgiving. Then comes Christmas very quickly, New Year's. want to make sure you download the podcast. You can take us wherever you're going to be during the holiday season to make sure that you're getting all the brand new Clay and Buck episodes. Maybe you'll want something to listen to on a long drive. Search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. You can sign up, get the whole podcast network, Tudor Dixon, Carol Markowitz, more to come. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. Encourage you to go get subscribed. Sunday, the time's going to change, and we are going to fall back. And where I live, I don't know what the what the yearly, um, you know, sort of uh, sunlight measure is in Miami. I don't know that it changes as much because the closer to the equator you get, the closer you have to basically even day and uh, night. I lived, I've said this before, in the U.S. Virgin Islands for a couple of years practicing law. And there, you're so close to the equator that there isn't that much variation in time. Uh, and, uh, and so the, the sunlight doesn't change that much. Here where I live in Nashville, by, by December 21st, like next month, it's going to be dark at 4.30. And I absolutely despise the fact that we change the time at all. I wish when we spring forward, we would just stay there forever. Do you have any strong uh, association with the time? You lived in New York City. I don't know how. I, I remember many years in New York City when, especially when I was doing more office job kind of stuff, it was dark every time you wanted to go. Dark and cold every time you were free feeling. of your office, which is not great. And, uh, you know, people get, what is it, seasonal disaffective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder, Effect, yeah. Affective disorder, sorry, yeah. I don't I don't like the changing of the clocks. I would I would be anti daylight savings time. I would just say we just keep the clocks where they are and everyone just deals with it forever. That's, yes, yeah, for forever. I, I I think this is kind of a silly ritual that we go through. Um, so there's that. It does remind me a little bit of the uh the the very good Nate Bargatze skit from SNL where he's talking about the founding of America, so we could have random weights and measures. Yes, you know? which is also a thing that when you really dive into, you go, well, why exactly do we have all these different uh, confounding weights and measures in this country, but we do things our own way here, Clay. Freedom, including the freedom to decide arbitrarily that we have to make our clocks go back an hour. Well, I mean, it's crazy, by the way, that you mentioned the weights and measures and the time change and everything else. You know, in in England, they still weigh things based on stones. You you ever, like, I don't even know. I mean, we think that whatever pounds, kilograms, however you want to weigh things. I remember being over in England. Somebody's like, yeah, I'm about 13. I'm like, 13 stones? Like, I don't even know what a stone is. Like that. So as crazy as some of our weights and measures are, at least we're not still doing stones. Although I will say, it feels like we're kind of dunking on horses when we still talk about how fast cars are based on horsepower. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is 250 horsepower. Well, yeah, I mean, a car's a lot more powerful than a horse. Um, but so some of these arbitrary weights and measures are ridiculous. But I think of all of them, the time change. I, if I were running for president, I would run on the platform of once the time changes again in March, we never change it for the rest of recorded humanity. We have one time forever. And I think most people would approve of that. Think about how many people have had some very stressful event. Maybe they were late for a job interview or they missed a flight or whatever. Because they forget about this time change thing. I mean, there's collateral damage oh, totally. to daylight savings that never really gets talked about. There are, what? there are daylight savings victims out there who deserve their day. Well, you know what also doesn't happen, Buck? If you have young kids, you don't get an extra hour of sleep. People are like, well, you know, when we fall back, you know, the clocks, you get it, get the extra hour. No, you don't. 
kids kids certainly are not adjusting their wake up time based on arbitrary alterations to the clock time. I I heard this all the time. As soon as we had kids, they were still coming in at the same early hours when they were young. So no parent out there is going to get an extra hour. I will say, when I was uh, out and about, the only good thing about it was the bars. When you're out in a bar and you fall back and you get an extra hour, if you happen to be out on the Saturday night turning into the Sunday, you get an extra hour of open bar tabs, um, which can be either good or bad, depending on where you live. Uh, but that's the only thing I can really remember about the fallback time when I would say, okay, this is kind of fantastic. But they keep shortening it. Now we're into November. It comes back in earlier in March. Like, just end it once and for all. I think everybody would agree with that in general. By the way, Allie, producer Allie, says uh, this just means in New York City you get mugged an hour earlier. So wow. uh, so this is uh, not exactly working for the Tourism Board of New York these days. No, Allie. no, no, for sure. Well, everyone, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the time change if you're inclined to enjoy such things. And we look forward to talking to you all on Monday. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.